what is the sequence of information that we need to encode here in this story to change people's thinking. Video is the most powerful disseminator of brand we have, but it's got to be polished. It's got to be good. And you've got to come off as authentic and purposeful. So my mission here is really in launching the brand, Ellie Say, is to empower a woman's dynamic lifestyle. Focus on the people first, then focus on the task. You can build greatness from within. I'm Richard Gerhardt. And I'm Elizabeth Gerhardt. Welcome to Passage to Profit, the show that's all about entrepreneurism, small businesses, and the intellectual property that makes it happen. You have just heard some snippets from our show tonight, and the whole show was totally amazing. Stay tuned and listen to the rest of it. We had incredible people. Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Tonight on our show, we're going to have J.D. Gershbein, a speaker, thought provocateur, and humorous. He's also the CEO of Owlish Communications, which helps professionals get noticed on LinkedIn. And our executive spotlight is September Smith, podcast host and mentor of other podcasters. Right. She does a lot. So if you want to be on a podcast, talk to her. And after that, we have Erica Carrero. And I think this just says it all, handcrafted Italian leather shoes. <laughs> and, then, and then we have Roy Peter with We Build Teams. And, you know, it is so hard these days to find the right good talent and to see what your organization needs where. And that's where Roy comes in. Yep. Good talent for sale. So <laughs> <laughs> no, there isn't much out there and you need the right talent. So Roy really does a good job of looking at the whole organization and helping you find that. That sounds great. So on to IP in the news. Yes. Before we get to our distinguished guests, we'll be talking about intellectual property in the news. And because Richard is an intellectual property attorney, patents, trademarks, copyrights. I am. And so what is first up on IP in the news? Well, Amazon. So for those of you who go to the grocery store, or I think this could be any store, but I think first they're going to do it in grocery stores because as you know, Amazon bought Whole Foods. And ever since they bought Whole Foods, they've been doing a whole bunch of retail patents. So they just had a patent issue where you just put the item in your cart and it scans it for you. No going through the checkout, no doing those handheld scanners, no self-checkout, just boom, the cart does it all. I think they do that already in Asia, though. I think there are Probably. some grocery stores where you put your stuff in the cart and you just walk out the door and it scans and charges your credit card at the same time. So well, I can hardly wait. I can hardly wait too. And it's interesting because I'm hearing more and more from different sources that brick and mortar may be coming back a little bit. I think part of it is just the whole COVID situation where people were cooped up for so long. They want to get out and do things. Or but... they're sick of all those boxes they have to <laughs> break down for I the know, You know, we had to buy a second recycling <laughs> bin. The all the stuff that keeps coming. I spend a lot of time out there with the recycling. But anyway, they're obviously preparing for this and investing in a lot of technology that will make shopping different too. Welcome to the future. Welcome to the future. And then we found a patent that we thought was very useful, but a little bit funny. So it's a bird diaper patent. Now, why didn't I think of that? You put a diaper, <laughs> when you let your bird out of its cage and fly around the house, you put a diaper on it. <laughs> well, then they can catch all the pigeons in New York. But no, this is for people who own birds. You know, it has a place for the bird's wings. To come out. To come out, so it can still flap its wings. And then it has a tiny little hook in the back of it that will allow you to put it on a leash. So if you want to take your bird for a walk or or, you know, you, you want to see it flying around in your room on a string or something, then, uh, you know, this is the invention for you. I so. didn't look to see if it's for sale, but who knows? <laughs> Good idea, though. Good I mean, idea. All right. Yeah. You know, so we're going to take a break right now. We'll be back with more Passage to Profit right after this. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful Successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. 
budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearHeartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. We're going to be talking now with our guest this evening, J.D. Gershbein, CEO of Alish Communication, and he is a speaker, a raconteur, a provocateur, an improviser, writer, social scientist, business psychologist, humorist, philosopher, consultant, coach, video producer, broadcaster, marketer, improvisational comic, cartoonist, playwright, <laughs> blogger, blues pianist, and a pizza connoisseur. So, hey, JD. Hey, what JD. Don't you do? I, no, no, no. But, but before we do that, I, it's a very impressive list. But I wanted to know what is your favorite pizza and what makes for a pizza oh, connoisseur? He's in Chicago. So, okay. All right. He gets extra pizza credit for that for sure. Uh, what makes for great pizza? I think taste. Oh, right. It's got to well, taste <laughs> really good. Boy, I'll tell you uh, thin crust, thick crust, pan, you name it. It's all good. Well, he's also a LinkedIn specialist. Yeah, so why don't you tell us about that? Oh, that's right. That's the day job, right? (laughs) At this point, I think we all have to specify day job versus side hustle these days. That is true. The information you have is correct. And I was one of the first independent LinkedIn consultants, uh, hung out my shingle in 2006 at a time when nobody was outsourcing me for the work I do today. And a lot of things had to happen for me to have a career. And fortunately, they did. What's the most important thing to do on LinkedIn? I think it's to participate, Elizabeth. I, I, and I'm not being tongue-in-cheek at all. I, I think what we've seen, and when you look at pre-pandemic, peri-pandemic, and post-pandemic, and if we're trying to inch our way toward a post-COVID-19 world as we, as we tape here today, uh, what happened before isn't working. And the platform is ever-changing. It's as dynamic as dynamic can be. And whereas everything around LinkedIn is changing, best practices have remained best practices. So we still have to communicate with people and we still have to put our digital best foot forward. And we still have to leverage the medium to its full potential. Those who are not taking the time to really absorb what they're seeing or bringing critical thinking or design thinking to what's happening in front of them, they're missing out. They are not seeing the opportunities that the site presents. Mm -hmm. And the nature of my practice is to help people key in and become finely attuned to those opportunities. So when they do present, you're prepared. One of the challenges, I think, is generating original content. We want to project ourselves. We want people to know who we are. What kinds of advice do you give for LinkedIn people to kind of help build the content library and form positive impressions on their LinkedIn network? I think that it really comes down to a commitment to excellence and developing a very tight-knit association with your product, service, company, skill set or niche and making sure that everything is kind of what we would call on brand. Uh, I work with people on a daily basis who want to stand out. JD, I want to stand out. Can you help me build a brand? And I can to a certain point, but there are so many things that we can't control when it comes to building this vague nebulous concept called a brand. Uh, That kind of builds for us in the hearts, minds, and eyes of the people with whom we're interfacing. And LinkedIn gives us the infrastructure to do that. What I'm doing and the way that I challenge my clients and students is to become so closely associated and bundled in with what it is they do that when that conversation comes up, that they surface right to the top. There's a concept I've elucidated called the psychic hierarchy, what other folks might call top of mind. And top of mindedness becomes super important right now because we're all self-absorbed. We're all forgetting. We're all having things fall through the cracks on a daily basis. Thank God you said that. (laughs) when When you're able to stay in front of people on a regular basis, which as you say, is through original content, you have a fighting chance. That's really great advice. What do you think about video versus still pictures? I'm torn between the two. And I think it has to be super good content 
content for me to listen to a video? You know, interestingly, I was one of the first to put video on LinkedIn at a time when LinkedIn's hosting capabilities for video were very crude by today's standards. Now all you have to do is basically just channel it in right from your iPhone. But it's not about having a video right now, Elizabeth. It's about having video that's going to be watched. There's something that your viewer will take away. So much of the video that we see is unwatchable. There's no messaging. There's no value being created or disseminated. And there's a difference now in producing video that's just for video's sake and video that's truly going to get watched and does your brand a favor. So I'm always encouraging people who want to elevate and have a voice and use visual branding. Video is the most powerful disseminator of brand we have, but it's got to be polished. It's got to be good. And you've got to come off as authentic and purposeful and relate to the viewer somehow. Call to action notwithstanding, it's how you parse yourself out through video on a daily or regular basis that's going to get you the incoming traffic. What do you think about using humor? I know that now you and I had a really interesting conversation about improving your business. And that's mm-hmm. something you're teaching people to do now, which I've never, ever heard of that before. <laughs> Improv has a role in business, and it's even a more deeper role than we originally envisioned because the same tenets of communication that you would use on stage apply in a sales scenario. It's hard to believe that you could stand out by being authentic these days. And authenticity and empathy and humility, these are the great traits of leadership. And when you apply them to fashioning your LinkedIn brand infrastructure, that's what moves the needle. That's what creates business wins or career advancement by cracking open the window to your world just a little and exposing your humanity. And that's all I've done. I I made one switch on my LinkedIn profile during the pandemic because I was obviously we were all affected and impacted greatly. And most people that I'm working with nowadays are going through a full scale rebrand, a pivot notwithstanding, they're rebranding and they're they're literally jump shifting into new business worlds. And part of that rebrand comes from deep self-awareness and deep self-assessment, which I've done as well. If I'm going to be this personal brand strategist I claim to be. I better have walked my talk and lead by example. So I I use the term human-centered design thinking to approach my clients and students and putting themselves under the microscope in a positive way and fleshing out their narrative. What has to be told? What do you want to leave under the iceberg? You know, iceberg theory, again, what's underneath the iceberg and what people don't see. The more you push yourself over the waterline, the greater information that exists about you you give people a chance to make an informed decision about your capabilities and whether they would want to collaborate or work with you. When you look at the threads in email that lead to business wins, it's a matter of extending the conversation, not being a distraction, not uh, not spending five or six emails just to get a cup of coffee or a Zoom call on the calendar, but really creating touch points in business that appeal to the sensibilities of who you're corresponding with. And that's where I feel applied improv really works. I'm keeping hundreds of conversations in play at once. How in the hell do I do that? Well, I fall back on improv. I'd like to thank my nervous system for the ability to fire my synapses in in a way that allows me to to see value in what I do. Uh, I don't look at any of the online world as a necessary evil, folks. Since day one, since the moment I sent my first email, I thought this was something amazing. And I'm hardwired for it. So Kenya, what do you have to say? I just uh, wanted to know, what are some LinkedIn profile must-haves? The most important thing for your LinkedIn profile is to make sure your name, both first and last, are spelled correctly. Because after that, everything kind of falls into place. I'm really not the tips guy. I I was early on because so many of the so-called tips are being spewed out by others as best practices. And it's really common sense at this point. I think when you look at the way that the LinkedIn profile is formatted, it's very unique in the social media world Mm -hmm. in that all social platforms have a central core called a profile. But on LinkedIn, it's built out more than most. It's limitless in its ability to store and warehouse content for us. And we choose how we want to populate it. So to play into your question, I subscribe to the notion of iceberg theory. Y'all remember Ernest Hemingway, the great writer, who said that the economy of writing should be very fluid and very simple, and that the writer should be able to convey a thought in as few words as possible. 
And I think to a certain point, that's what we want to do on our LinkedIn profiles. We're, we're, we're under immense pressure now to be storytellers. Mm -hmm. And those who are good stewards of their story will find the LinkedIn profile a much more inviting place for them to just share what has happened on the way to becoming who they are now. And a good LinkedIn profile will merge past accomplishments with present value with an eye toward the future. So what I try to do for each of the clients I work with is let folks know, here's what they did. Here's what they're capable of doing now. Mm -hmm. And here's what they can do in the future. We'll be back with more Passage to Profit with our guest, J.D. Gershbein. Who you can find on LinkedIn. Who you can find on LinkedIn. Surprising, isn't it? And we'll be back right after this message. So stay with us. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States patent and trademark office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. I think what I liked about JD was he has sort of a depth to his thinking about branding and really wants to get down to the human being behind the LinkedIn profile. I like that. I like that approach because I like to know people that I'm going to do business with. And so thank you for that. And September Smith is our executive spotlight tonight. She was kind enough in executive spotlight tradition to donate $100 to Atlanta Redemption, Inc. I'm not really sure what that is. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about it. But September Smith is a podcast host and a producer who also works the other side of the mic with her company, Of Course Pro. And she transforms entrepreneurs and social impact leaders into amazing guests to grow their enterprise. So welcome, September. So nice to have you on the show. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. And yeah, I would like to um, amplify a bit the Atlanta Redemption, Inc., that is who I donated to, and it's an organization out of Atlanta that works with survivors of human trafficking, and the woman who started it, a survivor herself, was a guest on my podcast last season, and the story is just so galvanizing, and it's such a worthy cause, the impact that she makes. I wanted to donate, and we actually leverage getting into what I do. We leveraged her performance on my podcast. It was very carefully crafted. Not all of my podcast episodes are crafted, but for her, I wanted to create a vehicle that she could then use to kind of open the door to more media and more understanding because with the whole issue of human trafficking, a lot of times people in the minds immediately go to, oh, gross, don't want to think about it. But uh, we crafted something that allowed her to then go to bigger media and say, hey, the whole world is listening to this podcast about what's going on here in Atlanta. And they're asking questions. Why are we not paying attention to this? And where she's gone from there is just really inspiring. So I like to help people create their podcast guesting persona in a way that is going to build their brand, drive their business growth, or achieve whatever it is they need to achieve because it's their unique way of communicating and leveraging media to achieve their goals. So how do you work with your clients who want to be better podcasters? If somebody wants to be a podcaster, I'm a podcaster. I'm all over the tech. Love that stuff. But I actually send them to a colleague of mine who teaches how to create their own podcast if you want to spend a tenth of the time and get almost as much bang for your buck and your effort, podcast guesting is a really good option for a lot of people because you're leveraging other people's shows and other people's efforts. So I would work with somebody if they realize that they want to be harnessing this. Can you articulate what makes for a good podcast host? If someone's yeah, trying want to learn something, I guess, yeah. I guess <laughs> you'd have to I'm, look at I'm it down from, for it. So yeah, you'd have just, to look at it from the perspective of the listener. So what the listener is wanting is a host who tells them what the show's about, 
welcomes the guest, gives you a feeling that there's a good relationship and communication between the two of you. I usually listen when I'm at the gym, I'll be on the treadmill listening. And I've actually been really upset to hear that this host is like attacking and, and like inspiring with the guests when the guests obviously did not expect that. A host should be a host, make the person welcome. And if you're having them on their show, they're not there as a prop or just, you know, staging for you to be your amazing self. If you're a host, be a host, a real host. And again, as JD said, it comes down to that listening. You've got to be listening. And it is both for the host, but more so for the guest. It is improv because you've got to be ready all the time to be reacting. You might want to ask this question, this question, this question. But if, for example, JD says something that's really amazing, you got to be ready to veer off and yet keep it within the body of the whole of the conversation. I love that, September. That's why I wanted to have you on this show. I had so much fun with you when we did the podcast. Yeah, it was really fun. Kenya. Yeah. So, I mean, I just wanted to know what were you doing before you got into podcasting? It turns out when, when I look back, I've been helping people. I started way back. I was working with researchers in Japan. Actually, I lived in Japan for 15 years and working with researchers there, figuring out how to articulate their cutting edge technology and research findings in a way that when they put their paper out, when they got on stage at international conferences, also helping them get booked on these international conferences, it wasn't just this stodgy barrage of, of technical information. It was something really engaging that would connect with the audience that they wanted to have relationships with and they wanted to be on the horizon for those people. And from there, I went into instructional design, which is, again, what's your messaging? What is the sequence of information that we need to encode here in this story to change people's thinking, to make them understand what we want them to understand. So I've been doing that and digital tech, audio and video since the early 2000s. Seems like it all came full circle for you because that's it exactly did. how a podcast is set up. And what really brought it all, sometimes you look at it and you go like, why didn't I think of this? When I was looking for some way to keep myself sane during the pandemic, because I usually work from Mexico in the winters, I thought, I love audio. I love video. I love interviewing amazing women. It became my sanity project. And then I realized like, oh, not everybody actually gets what it is to be a good podcast guest. So I started working with companies. When you're working with clients who want to be podcast guests, what kinds of things do you talk to them about insofar as their messaging is concerned? Uh, that's the very first thing. I actually draw on some of my early engineering skills, which is the subject matter expert interview. That's the basis of everything. I got to get in there deep and really find out what is the groundwork here that we're dealing with, but also to then find those wow factors that really tell the story, that impact people. That is what's going to grab people's attention. And it's, of course, it's got to be interwoven with your story and where you want to go with your story. Once we've got that, a story that aligns with your goals, that's when we start working on, okay, what are the shows you need to be on? that are going to be able to showcase you and amplify your message. How do you pitch it and get booked? I also do a bit on the tech because not everybody knows how to use cameras and microphones and that sort of thing. And how to actually use your own authentic voice so that when you go on that show, the real you is coming forward and people can decide. I really like that person. I love her vibe or, oh my God, never. And then the one, the really crucial thing that most people miss is how to leverage that later. Because if you were to pay somebody to create a segment of you in an authoritative way, you've been asked a question to tell you know, what it is you do, that would start at about $5,000. This to be on a podcast or a video podcast and have this amazing content of you standing in your expertise and your authority, that is gold. So you need to know how to repurpose it and you need to know what your marketing process is going to be to be using that content. So that's what I do with clients. In terms of the post-promotion, if I can just add a wrinkle on that, for business podcasts, LinkedIn is a great fertile garden for promoting podcast episodes. Absolutely. And, and it's not that everybody's going to come flock and listen to it, but what you do have is you start to compile a portfolio. If you're guesting on three, four, mm -hmm. five, 10, 12 podcasts, you now lead people to this content. So rather than just do the spray and pray approach, hey, check out mm -hmm. my latest appearance on this amazing podcast. I was yeah. terrific. Yes. And you, like you, I said before, you, that stuff is out there forever. So oh, yeah. just because we did it this week, it's still relevant. If you're still doing the same thing, it's still yeah. relevant next year and two years from now. So having it there, as you say, in this curated collection on your LinkedIn profile and other places mm -hmm. online. Evergreen. Yeah. When people find you, I mean, I do that, as Elizabeth said, when I want to know what somebody's doing or who they are, LinkedIn, and then I want to see video. 
and or podcasts because I really want to know who they are. A good podcast, to your point, is a goldmine of content. I think of it as almost like a beautiful insect in, trained in amber. It's out there and people are going to find it. And it's it's this beautiful snapshot, audio and video, if it's also done in video, snapshot of who you are, your vibe, what you know, how you help people. And it's out there working for you. Those major dozen, more than a dozen platforms, unlike social media, which throttles content, those directories are beaming that stuff, unthrottled. Anybody gets on Spotify or iHeartRadio and they go to look for a podcast, you're not going to get shoved down onto page two. If your keywords are the right keywords for what they're looking for, they're going to find you. So it's an incredible free way of curating your own content online. That's a really good strategy. And it's a a unique business model that you have, September. Thank you for enlightening us and uh, teaching us about podcasting. I think you have a great solution for people who want to get out and let the world know a little bit about themselves without having to do all of the podcast building stuff that is really time consuming. And you can find September on LinkedIn at September Smith, or you can find her website, of course, pro.com. You're listening to Passage to Profit, and we have a message for you that you'll want to pay special attention to. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley, the inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later, and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to Inventing A. Toz.com, inventing a to z.com. Email me, Lisa at inventing a to z.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventing a toz.com. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. We are going to move to our media maven, Kenya Gibson from iHeartRadio, who's going to be talking about power moves. So Kenya. Today, we're going to talk about social media mogul, Paris Hilton. And she recently launched a cooking show on YouTube that got a lot of traction. And now she's actually been able to pitch it to Netflix and they're going to pick it up and distribute it globally for her. So she's been able to leverage the power of social media for a long time and now has helped it transition into a a major show for her. So super excited to hear that. The funny thing about it is she's not even a chef and she technically really can't cook. It's (laughs) It's going to be a show about her tapping into her more domesticated side exploring new ingredients and, you know, sharing with her celebrity friends and, you know, exploring kitchen gadgets. So I thought that was like a superpower move because she can't even really cook. Right. And she's, she's going to have was, a cooking show. I, she doesn't even look like she eats. She's about as big around as my little finger. <laughs> well, you know, I was the, thinking the same thing as you were saying, this is like, has Paris Hilton ever cooked a single meal in her she whole actually, life? I mean, she did. Her father's on, a hotel guy. Right. Right. She actually did on YouTube. She made lasagna and it got 5 million views, which led to this show. So there you go. You don't even technically have to know how to cook. You just have to know how to create great content and entertain people. And 
and sky's the limit. Yeah. yeah. Well, people were saying, I can't believe Paris Hilton cooks. I got to see this. All um, right. So what's up for Fireside? Fireside. I am making behind the scenes progress. So I am so excited. I found a website developer for me. So I don't really need a designer. I need a developer. And I found somebody that will do it for a reasonable price. I am very excited about that. And I'm moving that forward. Oh, so for those of you who don't know what it is, I guess I should explain it. It's a video directory of small businesses. So I interview business owners and I put them in my directory. And I am learning so much and having so much fun with that. I am so excited to get the website that I want or as close as I can get to the website I want, because then I can really start pushing this a lot harder. So it's a great idea. If you're in the small business world and you do a lot of networking, this type of product can really make you available to a wide variety of people who can, as JD and September have been talking about, get to know you on a personal level before they actually reach out and contact you. Oh, I remember what else I was going to say about it. I started drafting the first patent for it. I'm a patent agent. I'm not an attorney, but I'm a patent agent. So I started drafting a patent on some of the fireside features. So I'm excited about that too. That sounds great. Now on to our shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Erica Carrero with Elize, L-I-Z-E-E, shoes, handcrafted Italian leather shoes. Did you bring a shoe with you to show us? Yes, I did. I did. For those of you who can't see it, these are beautiful. Thank you. They'll be on her website. So you need to go to the website to see these shoes. So tell us your story about your shoes. I'm Erica Carrero and I'm the founder of Elise. We're a luxury shoe brand that combines heritage Italian craftsmanship with innovative comfort technology. And I will expand on the innovation part in a little bit, but we make gorgeous luxury high heels that keep women comfortable on their feet all day. How did I get started? Well, I'm a former Silicon Valley CFO, but I always love fashion and uh, I travel a lot domestically and internationally for work. And I struggle to find beautiful shoes that were also comfortable enough to keep pace with me. September, you work with women business owners and you know that women today, we have very active lives. We have busy lives running from meeting to meeting, picking up kids from school, attending functions, and we really need shoes and can keep up with us. You know, after a long day in heels, we know the pain that the heels can cause. And I'm sure, you know, Elizabeth, Kenya, you slipped up your heels under the table at work or in a restaurant just to get some relief, right? And that's because traditional high heels are narrow and they tend to pinch the forefoot and concentrate your weight in the ball of the foot. And then that throws off body alignment and that causes pain. And that's because they're typically not designed for wearability. Luxury high heels are still frequently designed by men who never have to spend a full day in them. So I knew that a better solution was possible. And I'm in a mission of reshaping luxury and coming from the startup world where innovation is everywhere. I started to, I decided to make it happen. So I took a leave from the tech startup world and I traveled to Milan. I study uh, design and technical shoe construction. And then I connected with an amazing factory. They do the shoes for Manolo Blahnik. And I connected with a team of artisans and combining their expertise with podiatrists. We spent a year developing this collection and we engineer a custom insole. It's called the Plush Contour Insole that has become the innovation of the brand. And we use the best Italian leathers and materials, but the key differences that make Elise shoes more comfortable are the incredible attention to fit. There's no stitching near pressure points. So if you have a bunion, for example, it's not going to be damaging your foot. And our signature difference is concealed inside the shoe. So our plush contour insole cradles the foot in three layers of responsive memory foam and cushioning for maximum comfort. And I can't spend more of that, but we basically use medical grade materials and that is used for orthopedic and prosthetic use as the base layer. Then we have a gel cushioning that molds to your foot and then beautiful leather and the outside and it's breathable and it's, you know, shiny and beautiful. I don't know if you see it here. So my mission here is really in launching the brand Elise is to empower a woman's dynamic lifestyle, given her shoes are both gorgeous and comfortable. And we've launched our first collection at elisayshoes.com. And please follow us at elisayshoes on Instagram and Facebook. I'm so excited to have the shoes available everywhere. Yeah, well, I'm excited. (laughs) Both shoes you showed were really beautiful. I'm sure there's a lot more on your website. Kenya, I know you're kind of a fashion maven, much more so than I am. What do you think? It's amazing because I have shoes that I know I'm only going to get 10 minutes out of. They're literally from getting out of the car 
standing in one spot and then sitting for wherever I'm going to be. And it's just, that's how you live. Right. And it's not comfortable. So I love what you've been able to do in this space. And in terms of like the designs, like where do you get your inspiration from in terms of the design of the shoes? Well, I start from a functional perspective. So I make sure that shoe is going to be comfortable and then design around it. And I love to play with materials. So, you know, this shoe is is red, but it has blush here. And so, and then this shoe is suede, but it also has, you know, a combination of materials. So playing with it, and I get a lot of inspiration from nature. So I just go and take pictures of rocks, right? And then, you know, from there, I translate to the leathers. Let's see what leather looks like it. It's really, you know, just playing with the materials and making them, the shoes stand up. Excellent. September. That's great. They're comfortable. That's amazing. Yeah. I took these heels to Hawaii and it was raining. I was literally running in the rain. And, uh, you know, my, it's just, my family was amazed. It's like, you really can run in these shoes. So I'm really excited, you know, for people to try it and the people that don't wear heels anymore, you know, it's a, it's a definitely a a good option now. That should be on video on your website. Somebody (laughs) running in those high heels. Yeah, (laughs) will do. So how high are the heels? This is three inches. This is higher, but we use platforms that so you don't see it here, but we use platforms that so the real inclination is about the same as three inches. So you don't see it like that. And then with the insole, it's really graded. So it's contoured. So it gives you more support where you actually need it as your body weight shifts when you wear high heels. So we, we spent a lot of time uh, really working on this and, you know, and trying the shoes and, and seeing where we need more support and working with podiatrists. And most of them say, you know, I don't recommend heels, but you know, this is what I would do if I, you know, if I had to start a shoe from the beginning and that's what we've done. So it's been a quite interesting process to go through this. Are you going to do any lower heels? Yes. So the next collection is lower heels, is kitten heels. And we're also going to do spadrilles and we're taking a new take on it, obviously. And we're continuing to innovate on the insole as well. Erica, can you spell your website? It's Elise. So E. L-I-Z-E-E shoes.com. So what size ranges do you have? Six to 10. What about wide? The shoes have more room in the toe box rather than typical shoes. So they, uh, and then depending on the materials, they they are very comfortable in this area. So I had about maybe more than 20 people trying the shoes with different sizes and widths. And so I'd make sure that it would fit to somebody with, you know, a slim fit, but somebody with a, a, a more wide, wider fit. Awesome. Wow. We're coming to the end of our time, but I love those shoes. I see everybody on here going to her website anyway. So <laughs> anyway, so as she said, it's L-Z shoes, E-L-I-Z-E-E shoes.com. Lots of beautiful shoes there. This is Passage to Profit, the Inventor Show with Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt. Our special guest, J.D. Gershbein, our executive spotlight, September Smith and You are listening to WOR 710, The Voice of New York. We will be right back. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And now we were on to our final presenter. If you are a business owner and you are looking to build your team, make it more effective, add people, the right people, Roy is your guy. So welcome, Roy Peter with We Build Teams, Inc. Thank you, Richard and Elizabeth, for this opportunity. We Build Teams was built and designed in New York City. Uh, pre-pandemic. And our mission is simple. We help companies with their people, with their process, and with potential. 
Companies hire my team to go in and understand challenges that they can't wrap their heads around and try and figure out what's going on, whether it's retention issues, growth issues, stagnation issues. And what Rebuild Teams does is we conduct a thorough in-depth needs analysis and try to understand what's going on. Is it your team dynamics? Do you have the right culture? Do you have managers who don't know what they're doing? Are they micromanaging or overusing their strengths with their team members? And then we start to formulate ideas in terms of how to create unity within your teams by tapping into the human potential that we have. Now, I come from a background of having worked with very technical teams for over 20 years in tech startups. In that time, I found that you can deliberately design success by focusing on three things, by attracting, retaining, and developing the right team members. If you focus on the people first, then focus on the task you can build greatness from within. What you also do is you create cultures that are inclusive, cultures that are positive, and you create a place where people want to come to work. I enjoy what I do, and I left my space working in technology to focus on people because I'm passionate about people. To this date, it's been 18 months since I've uh, been open, and I can't tell you how excited I am to have worked with clients all throughout the US, and again, it's Webuild Teams, and my name is Roy Peter, the founder of Webuild Teams. I can tell you, we agree with you 100% here at Gearheart Law. You know what? If you hire the wrong person, it's a disaster. And trying to find the right fit is a challenge. So I think people with businesses really need what you're doing. Thank you, Elizabeth. You know, the, the interesting thing is it doesn't start with just hiring the right person. It's understanding, it's creating and understanding self-awareness within your organization. Each organization has its own DNA. It has its own culture. I think just if you hire a recruiter to be able to hire the right person without understanding the organization, you're doomed to failure. I think you need to understand what is the DNA of this organization? What truly makes them great? And then by exemplifying those attributes and finding the right family or team member to join that group, that DNA, you can achieve greatness and your chances of success will be tremendously higher. The human element, what JD mentioned is be authentic. Businesses need to be authentic with their employees. Businesses need to be open to ideas from their employees. Listen to your employees. Don't have the approaches, I'm hiring you to do such, just do what I'm asking you. Create a two-way dialogue. This way you create a culture that's inclusive. People want to understand what do you want from them? What does success look like? Where am I going? Where am, I, am I just going to be in the same position for the next five years, 10 years? What's my career path? What are my chances to one day becoming the COO or the CFO of a company? What do I need to do? With so many companies having kept their teams working remotely at home during the pandemic, they've let even the easiest and most basic processes go a little bit by the wayside. And I think continuous improvement, which should be subscribed to by all cultures is there. And sometimes that external input is more valuable than the feedback they get from within. So to Roy's point, when you take an objective look at a company and what's keeping them from growing or what's keeping them from maximizing their turnaround, it does come down to people. And we've all seen uh, the past 17 months, uh, starting from March, 2020, how, how morale has been just so amazingly affected by the global pandemic and employee engagement still remains one of the top priorities for any business. I'm not sure if you know, according to a recent Gallup study, there's about 80% of the working population that feels disengaged from what they're doing. We can't let this continue. How are we going to continue to be profitable? Businesses have to flourish. People need jobs. So we have to take a different approach to understanding what drives our people, what empowers them, and how do we leverage whatever resources we have available to us that the businesses get to achieve their goals, but the employees also get to achieve their goals in kind. To dovetail that comment, you've got a lot of people who have discovered the joys of working at home. And if you're going to empower people, you give them the ability to work at home. As long as they remain productive and or efficient, they, they justify their inclusion on the payroll. I think that's the next great challenge for employers is how do you manage a, a hybrid environment where you've got people coming into the office, you've got people who are valuable to the organization, driving a winning culture who are working behind the scenes at home. It's about keeping folks on the same page and aligned with the vision. And keeping the lines of communication open. I've seen arrangements go from, you know, you've got to come in full-time starting October to let's try a hybrid approach of you coming in three times a week. And then we might do 
situations where work desk and workstations become temporary use only, whereby if you're not coming in three days a week, we're going to assign you times where you to do it. Intelligent organizations are taking new approaches to trying to maximize productivity because they understand that the workforce has changed. But listening to your workforce, listening to their needs, that's what's important. That's what's critical. It's about finding the right person for the right job at the right time. It's not just about hiring anyone. You know, it's about understanding what are the challenges. Because during the pandemic, when we were in the thick of it, there were a number of managers who were not used to managing remote employees. And they were overusing their strengths. What do I mean by that? They felt they need to check in every hour with their team members. And this was causing burnout. Allow team members to do what they do best. Allow them to be productive. Obviously, if there are corrective actions or conversations that have to be had, don't shy away from it. I think people are going through individual struggles and people are going through challenges. But I also do think that team members, employees, they crave that togetherness that comes along from being together as part of a team. The creative juices that flow when you're a part of a group, when you're brainstorming. I've found that some of the best work can be done when you're put in those situations. Now, does it have to be full-time? I don't know. I think every industry is different. It depends in terms of the industry that you're in. September. (laughs) Yeah, I was really interested in uh, whether or not your company, Roy, actually helps businesses that are building their team navigate what is going on right now. Do you help them find that sweet spot for them and give them the methodologies to deal with that? Yes, I do. On the operational consulting side of it is I go in and I start to chart a path based on what the business goals are. We start to take a look at what do you want it to look like in three years, five years, 10 years. And I call my Myself, really an accountability partner. I like what you said, JD, having an outside view. I'm able to hold businesses accountable. This is the path that you set forth. Where are you in this journey? What do you need to do? And sometimes it's not so easy to have an employee tell you what you need to do, but it's okay to have a third-party consulting company come and say, this is what success looks like to you. These are the steps we need to take. Where are you in the process? Why aren't you here? What can we do to get you here? What can I do? Developing processes. Yeah, yes, so I, I want to hear from Kenya quickly because Kenya actually worked inside iHeart Media during this whole thing as an employee and helped us keep this show going. Somehow she got the management to agree. So Kenya. I guess I have a loaded question. How do you approach leadership that might be in denial about their company culture? There are quite a few behavioral tools and surveys out there that can be deployed for these types of instances, right? trying to get anonymous surveys done. I mean, we've all heard of these surveys. You go through survey monkeys. The first thing to, I think, to identify working with large organizations is to try to create a self-awareness within the people at the executive level at the top. Are you aligned? Your leaders of the ship, are you aligned together? Do you know where we're going? Are, Are we just ships sailing in different directions? Very quickly, when you try to identify, is the leadership team aligned first, you will be able to uncover a lot of the problems because everyone is looking at leaders to see, you should know where we're going. Do you have an idea? Have you communicated your path clearly to everyone else? That helps to uncover a lot of challenges. The very next step is then, yes, to go and create engagement surveys because you do want to hear from your employees, good or bad. Feedback is feedback. I've always said this to a lot of my team members and people I work with. Feedback is feedback. If it's all positive, you're doing something wrong. There's always room for improvement. What can I do better? You know, for me, it starts with transparency. A healthy culture includes an organization that must have communication, transparency, and the willingness to listen. There has to be an impetus. Something has to happen. It could be they're suffering from extreme retention issues. Something has to happen to want them to take action. Only then would they be able to listen. And I've got clients who haven't reached that point. And I explained to them, I don't think you're quite ready yet because it's quite drastic, the changes that you're trying to set forth. And then I have clients like, I I don't know what to do. Help me get to the next step. So there's an impetus. There's an event that forces people to want to change. Excellent. I think that's really true. Thank you so much, Roy. So that was Roy Peter with We Build Teams, Inc. And you are listening to Passage to Profit, the Inventor Show on WOR 710, the voice of New York. 
We'll be right back. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad is been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. So who was on the show? (laughs) If you don't know, go back and listen to the podcast or look at our YouTube channel. I'm going to say this again. I say it every show. We get the best looking people on this show. (laughs) Present company excluded, but everybody else. So watch them on YouTube or you can listen to the podcast on iHeart tomorrow. Lots of ways to hear what went on. But who we had, J.D. Gershbein, and you spell his name, J.D., and then Gershbein, G-E-R-S-H-B-E-I-N. He has Alish Communications. You can find out a lot there. He has jdgershbein.com and he's on LinkedIn. He's a master of all trades, but especially communication. And yeah, he's a very interesting person to talk to. And then September Smith, who helps people do podcasts. She's white glove, the whole work. So And podcast guest, that is a great angle. Yeah, she helps you figure out how to do it, how to get on it, everything. So it's ofcoursepro.com. And September Smith, just like it's spelled, you can find her on LinkedIn. And then we had Erica Carrero, hope I said that right, with Elize Shoes, E-L-I-Z-E-E, shoes.com. Beauty and comfort and style all together in one shoe. Handcrafted Italian leather. You've got to check out the website. These are incredible products. And then really, if you have a business or thinking of starting a business, Roy Peter, We Build Teams, Inc., before you do your first hire, when you're getting started, or even if you're in the middle of something, he really helps you get the right people in the right places and figure out what your culture is and get everything so that it works well for you. So Roy um, will tell you, you're in the business of HR and uh, he's a great source of information for that. So before we sign off, final words of wisdom, September, do you have anything you'd like to share with our audience? Been a pleasure to be here. And the really interesting thing was how in so many disparate entrepreneurs we have here today, communication was that key reoccurring theme And in that, the listening and appropriately responding to your audience, the underpinning of everything. JD? Well, all I can ask as a a podcast guest is that my podcast hosts create a safe space for the flow of ideas. And to your credit, both of you, you, you created that space superbly. And I'm at my best when I don't know what's coming. (laughs) <laughs> and as you can see, uh, unscripted, going off script, throwing away the script, flying off the script. That's how I get things done. And uh, thank you for making me feel comfortable and welcome. And thanks to my fellow panelists here on the program. Well, thank you very much, JG. Those are kind words and right back at you. You're wonderful guests. Before we go, we'd like to thank all the people that make Passage to Profit possible. Our producer, Noah Fleischman, our program coordinator, Alicia Morrissey, our video editor, Chatterbox. And we'd like to thank the whole iHeart team for their contributions. We've been using their digital market platform for a long time, and they've done just a fantastic job. And if you want to find out more about that, contact Kenya, Kenya Gibson with a P, Kenya Gibson at iHeartMedia.com. She can help you with radio needs, advertising needs. She is the best creative I've ever met. She's amazing. Back next week with another Passage to Profit on WOR 710, the voice of New York. 